0: Welcome to Wood Talk Online Radio, for woodworkers, by woodworkers. Now, here are three guys who are actually under the illusion that woodworking is cool Mark,
1: Matt, and Shannon. Oh, yeah! It's episode 112 for December 5th, 2012. And before we get to all the good stuff here, uh, let's have a quick word from our sponsors. Oh, you know what? Let's not. Hold on a second. You know what, I wonder why I changed the order of that. I was like, normally what we do is uh, delay that so that the music ends like it just did. And then I say, on today's show, we're talking about the trouble with buying tools, using scraper planes, and laminating solid wood for stability. But before we get to that, let's have a word from our sponsors. See, that's how it's supposed to go. I gotta school you guys on this, you're screwing me up. That was up. smooth. Thanks, thanks. I'll, get, I'll just get better with age, Shannon. Alright, here's, here's that word from our sponsors. This episode of Wood Talk is supported by Bad Axe Toolworks. What did Doc Holliday, Wyatt Earp, and Jim Bowie all have in common? They were real bad axes, just like Shaka Zulu, Captain America, and Darth Vader. Throw down with bad axe on your side, you won't regret it. Visit BadAxeToolworks.com for more information. And by...
0: Benchcrafted is work-holding for serious woodworkers. Remember what Chris Schwartz says. Benchcrafted makes the three best woodworking vices I've ever used. And just to be clear... Benchcrafted only makes three voices. Visit Benchcrafted.com for more information.
1: Benchcrafted only makes three voices. I love that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? While we got that part of the way, let me go ahead and do the comment or the the contact information for everybody so we can get this nice, smooth transition in here. (laughs) Unlike somebody else. Uh -uh. Um, for once, actually. But anyways, if you have comments, questions, topic suggestions, perhaps you have several different ways to contact us. Leave a voicemail on our Skype, which our username is Wood Talk Online. Call our voicemail line at 623-242-5180. Email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com. Leave us a comment on our Wood Talk Facebook, Facebook page. Oh, my gosh. See, it's smooth just right out the window. <laughs> That's all you <laughs> uh, Anyway, so over at the Facebook page where so many of you have been liking us, and we really, really appreciate that. And if you're looking for the show notes or downloads from today's show or any of the previous episodes, don't forget you can find those at woodtalkshow.com. And, of course, as always... Uh, there is the forum, too, wouldtalkonline.com forum if you want to head over there and visit that and maybe look for one or all of us. Uh, but other than that, I'm going to really destroy the smooth transition. <laughs> should we we should probably
2: bench? mention that there's people can also find us on Google Plus, seeing as you, Matt, usually post on Google Plus. True, true. And, and then, There's always something
0: going on over there. So. that is very very true yes it, it, it's a it's a fun little location <laughs> where I just love to repeat and do copy and paste from everywhere else <laughs> yeah, we do not
2: have a page there yet because no one has lost that bet between the three of us
1: <laughs> actually I think who we, has to go build it I think we do I don't know that it's hold on let me go look you guys talk amongst <laughs> yourselves I'm gonna look
0: look amongst yourselves well actually now that we have a moment here I felt really kind of funny doing that transition talking about the uh leave a voicemail on Skype. How would you say that? Would you say Skype us? us. Our Skype name is?
1: That's how I I would say it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I suddenly felt like Betty White, you know, in doing the whole, I'm on the Facebook and the (laughs) Twitter.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I would say Skype, uh, you know, like a verb.
0: Okay, I'm going to try that next time. Maybe I need to rewrite that part. Darn
1: it. And I could have sworn we did something. I got to look because I know we have a Wood Talk, um, you know, Gmail account. So I just, have to activate it as a uh, plus account. But wh- whatever, enough. There's enough ways to get in touch with us. <laughs> Shoot, uh, we'll give you our phone numbers if you
0: really want them. I think we're going to rename this episode the Tangenti episode because let's we haven't do done it. that in a long time and we definitely have headed off into a tangent.
1: Yeah, we have. But let's, uh, let's get back on track. Shannon, what's on your bench?
0: Well, I am actually building a vice right now,
2: um, which is kind of outside my norm because i i'm normally not much of a tool building kind of guy i usually just buy them
1: because mm-hmm. i like
2: <laughs> to build furniture but i decided to add a vice to this toolbox i'm building so i've been spending a lot of time over at mcmaster car which i love that site it's all kinds of cool things that i don't know what i would do with but i feel like i need to have them oh, so that's that's fun and and they send like all kinds of Like their their shipping department just blows me away. You order something, it shows up the next day in this enormous box with one little bolt in it. (laughs) 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 Very efficient, (laughs) and like seven pounds of that like uh, neutral air like little puffball things to keep stuff from from. Uh, being damaged in shipment, it's like it's a stainless steel bolt. What's gonna damage it? <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, and then um, the the one other thing I'll mention, I'm actually gonna be embarking on a new project soon. I don't really know what to call it other than than a beginning table. I was um, uh, befriended by someone on Facebook who's over in Germany, and this is a guy that something about his just incredible enthusiasm. You know the guys that just get into woodworking and we've all been there and all you can do is think about woodworking all day long. And this guy his 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 enthusiasm is so contagious and he's got this table he wants to build and he has absolutely nothing. Like no tools whatsoever. Bummer. And I just thought, you know what? I'll help you build that. So I thought that would be kind of a cool podcast series to do starting from nothing. What tools do you buy cuz you know many of us are always just saying you know, the, the best thing to figure out is the project you want to build first and sure. then buy tools according to that. But well, okay, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and let's actually do that. So I don't exactly know when I'm going to get started on this. I'm hoping before Christmas, but um, I don't know. I'm kind of excited about
1: it. I think it should be fun. Sounds good, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, good on you for helping someone out, too, because we're going to talk about this a little bit later, dealing with uh, how you choose what tools you use and how <laughs> difficult that can sometimes be. So that is one of the strategies, certainly, to, to take yeah. a project
0: and start building. That, yeah, because yeah, that, is, that is such a quagmire to get into. I mean, whenever that question comes in, I always just going to go, oh, I'm going to refer you to Mark Spagnola or Shannon. There you go. Well, Matt, what do you have on your bench? Well, the big thing for me is uh, I, I've been working on these uh, bedside tables for Samantha and I because we're trying to get rid of the college furniture. At least that's what I call it. Mm-hmm. And the other day I was uh, filming some stuff and I wanted to show how I cut a half-blind dovetail because I'm for the top rails on the legs. I'm, or, the top rails are going to attach to the legs via half-blind dovetails. I'm just going to pop those in. And the thing is, I don't know. You ever do this? You're like, you know, I had this tried and true method <laughs> for whatever joiner I'm going to do. And I suddenly decided at the last second nah, I'm going to do something I have never done before or something somebody maybe suggested but I really didn't pay close attention to. Let's do that. And so I ended up trying something that, uh, at the end of it, I'm thinking this is the worst decision I ever made. I don't know why I went this route, and but I was very good. I did. There was no extreme swearing in the house. It was none of this other stuff. I was man. I managed to actually salvage uh, the the joinery, and it turned out perfectly fine. It's just that it took me like two, three, maybe four times the length of time it normally would take me to do that same exact thing with just like a dovetail saw and a a chisel or two. (laughs) So, it's nice. one of those learning lessons where you're like, it's important to try new things, but sometimes don't.
1: I thought I, the reason
0: I was laughing in the
1: middle of you talking was I thought you were going to say, So, you know how you go to, to cut some half blind dovetails, and right in the middle, you realize, I have no idea how to cut half blind dovetails.
0: <laughs> I want these to be fully blind. <laughs> I uh, hate when that happens. Yeah, I, no, I've done that one too, though, where like right in the middle of it, I'm suddenly like, Oh my God, I've never. I don't even think I pronounced that right. This isn't even close to what I want to do. I talk about this technique all the time. I should know how to do it. Exactly <laughs> so but that was that was my big thing and, and the, the nice the most recent video I put out shows the technique that I have never tried before and mm. that I really shouldn't have tried and just to make up for it because I don't want people thinking that's what I normally do and then start questioning anything that I'm building because it's bad enough right now as it is I'm going to be releasing another video that says you know that thing I did earlier ignore it take it out of <laughs> your mind don't even watch it from that point forward nice check do as I say time. not as I do exactly now yeah I suddenly it it does remind me of many a conversation with my children
1: (laughs) very good nice
0: so that that's it for me how about you mark making a little progress on this bed a little bit I I get to the point
1: where you know how when you're filming this stuff a lot of times you you sort of get that momentum going and then you have to stop to actually uh, do the editing portion of everything which just slows you down so I did finish the the footboard but that was also the end of a, a filming sequence so now I've been doing nothing but editing um, what I actually did recently was really getting to know SketchUp a little bit better because I'm trying to design this thing in SketchUp, which I do for every project. But it's one thing to do this myself, it's a whole other thing if you promise to teach people how to do it. So, uh-huh. part of this, uh, part of my goal here was to show people how I use SketchUp to create the things that I create. Now, I, I'm not by any means a, a SketchUp pro at this. I certainly, I, I'm no, like I like to say, I'm no Aaron Marshall or uh, Bob Lang for that matter. Uh, it's it's something that I use. It's a tool like any other tool. It's a it's a pencil and paper to me. So I don't necessarily need to be like super SketchUp guy, but I need to just get a, a number of basic things done. So I wanted to show people how I do that exact process. And it turned out to be like a 50 minute tutorial video showing how to build this platform bed from the ground up and then also modify it. So I spent a lot of time doing screen caps at the computer and, and voiceovers all week. So that, that's Ooh, been <laughs> fun. Yeah, that's been uh, what's, what's been keeping me busy. Um, but yeah. it was it was kind of fun because it made me review some of the, the basic techniques and having to explain why I do things and in the process possibly discovering better ways to do those cuz that's that's really what I always find in sketchup like I might know how to get something done but then I talk to someone who knows what they're doing and I go, oh, crap. All I had to do was that and I could have accomplished the same <laughs> right. thing. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, so yeah, it's it, one of those
2: things that you kind of pick it up as you're playing with it
0: too and you yeah. start to develop your own best practices.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, and,
0: I, whenever I sit down, I always start thinking, I'm like, all right, if I was Aaron Marshall, how would I do this? Wait. <laughs> okay. I'm going to start. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to channel Aaron. Wow, Aaron is really bad at this. What is wrong with him?
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought so, he was good at that. What the
0: hell? Yeah, um, I also will say
1: Bob Lang's stuff on this, SketchUp Guide for Woodworkers, or Woodworkers' Guide to SketchUp, something like that, uh, that he has. It's like a PDF with videos and everything. That's absolutely fantastic.
0: Yep. In yeah. fact, actually, the last time I used SketchUp, the last few times I have, I'll have one window open with SketchUp, and I'll actually have Bob's book open on the other yeah, one. And I'll be yeah. like, I want to wait, hold on, click, 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 search. Okay, that's what I want. Do that.
1: Yeah, here's the weird, see, that's what I need to learn how to do because I went through a whole weekend. I spent like a two to three day sort of marathon session of going through his entire book, step by step with him, learning all the tutorials. When I was done, I was like a SketchUp Ninja for the weekend. And then a week later, I was Mark again.
0: Yeah, you're you're yeah. not even sure what, what the chapter is. You're like, I yeah. don't know it was a chapter yeah. on how to switch tools. So so
1: it's like I didn't retain maybe I don't know five percent of what I learned in there, but that's the way you have to do it. Unless you do this stuff constantly, you just you just kind of don't retain it. You have to keep using those skills. So I sort of rely on this basic skill set, which gets me pretty far, but certainly not as far as I could be. Um so that's what I've been doing. Not Ooh, not nice. terribly exciting, but All right, so moving on to the around the web portion. Got me a little link here from my friend Tom Buell, and I guess this is a lumber company that put this up, but it's a uh, great video showing how lumber was harvested in Belize, and it's uh, just this amazing mahogany that's been dredged up and and pulled out, and people are using it to make projects, and at the very end of the video, you see some of the projects by uh, folks like Glenn Huey and Tom Buell himself. uh, Some of their projects that they used that would to create absolutely fun video to watch. Some of it is a little bit like the comments that I got on it range from "oh, that's just amazing" to almost uh, sorrow for watching you know sort of forest mismanagement in action. You oh, know, okay. like one of those things. So so it's it might evoke a different emotion depending on your background and, and your perspective on these things. Uh, but it is a pretty good video.
0: That that is sweet. That's things like that where you actually do kind of see these things. I I I really love them, but at the same time, I feel I have that moment of guilt where I'm like, oh, I shouldn't like this because of this reason, but I do. (laughs) Boy, do I want one of those boards? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Totally. Right, Matt. All right. The, uh, I have something here. I posted this the other day, and this is thanks to our friends over at Microjig. They had this in their newsletter. It's called. Uh, it's a video called Love Letter to Plywood, and it's by a uh, a gentleman, Tom Sachs. This is more or less like kind of an artsy video. Mm-hmm. It's very kind of a hipsterish kind of a feel to it. There's a lot of those lately. You notice that? Yeah, yeah. And, it, and the funny thing is I'm watching this, and I'm like, oh, man, this would be kind of – I wonder if I could – get myself in this mindset to do a video like it. I'm sure the majority of my audience would be like, that's horrible, don't do that. But then there's the (laughs) other half that's like, that is sweet, and your stash is awesome too. Nice. So, but it's it's a neat little one. And I totally forgot when I posted this to remind people that at the five minute, 41 second mark, there are some uh, woman's breasts that will pop up onto the screen. So anybody that hasn't seen it yet and you're sensitive to such things, um, you might want to look away just for a second. It's just like, boom, they're there, and then they're gone.
1: Why, in
2: considering our video?
0: audience, though now they know exactly where to go. Why, why? Why is that? Just fast forward to this point. Yeah. What was the minute number? Uh, Five forty-one and uh, ten seconds. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, man. So, but it's it, it's a really neat one just to watch, and it, it's kind of it's it, the funny thing about it is like I said, it's really kind of artsy, but there are those little tidbits that you kind of take out of it uh, where you're like, ah, I could get better results with that.
1: The, uh, oops. And, you know, I'm, I'm and, sitting here watching the there. video, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> you know, there, like, there's that part. I know, just start speaking in tongues. There, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, that was me, my bad. All right, <laughs>
0: it would be the first time that I did actually on the show. <laughs> um, but anyway, so check that video out if you get an opportunity. I think you'll you'll really like it. Another thing I just want to point out real quick, totally kind of different. Um, I received something the other day from midwax and they have a contest going on called the do good with wood award. And what this is, is I'm just going to read from their, their uh, submission. I know, I know coming right up after talking about breast, the five minute, forty one second mark. we may
1: need the explicit tag on today's show (laughs) at the rate we're going
0: anyway, so this is an award program that's going out to virtually anyone who's been involved in a wood finishing project through DIy groups craft hobby groups, school wood shop classic clubs basically if you 've done something with wood that may has may have benefited other people uh, an organization or something you can nominate yourself or someone in your community it's open till december thirty one of this of this year and uh prizes that are going to be awarded. It's a $5,000 cash grant is the hmm. first prize, plus a supply of Minwax products at valued at $1,000 and consultation from leading wood finishing expert Bruce Johnson. And then they have a whole bunch of other prizes after that, including monthly prizes that are out. And again, anybody's you know, open and available to, to nominate, if, if you feel that you've done something that is worth this nomination – Nominate yourself, and they say right there on the uh, webpage. So we'll have the link in there. I just thought that was pretty neat. And if one of our listeners was the big winner, um, I would like my uh, my cut. Isn't Bruce Johnson, uh, I'm trying to think, Was didn't he
1: have a show on like DIY years ago?
0: That yeah. name does sound awful That's familiar. who
1: I was thinking of.
2: He's the arts and crafts guy. I think he wrote a book about the Biltmore Estate.
1: I just remember him doing. Uh, I don't know. It was very. It seemed like it was a very short-lived series. But he was in a very small sort of basement-like shop, and was a very quick woodworker, like one of those guys who's just like driving nails real fast, and he looks like he's <laughs> gonna cut off his finger one day.
0: <laughs> just um, waiting for it.
1: <laughs> interesting. Oh, that's interesting because you see these something like that, especially. I don't know, what was it, like eight years ago, I think is when it was on. You see these people really quickly, but they're in this little show, but you don't really know what, what they do outside of that, and this guy I had no idea that he was that involved uh, in the community still.
0: Yeah, in fact, I just went to a website that says uh, askbrucejohnson.com, and it looks like he's got a whole bunch of stuff on there cool. about actually doing finishing. The Weekend Refinisher is what actually came up on this. I like so. that guy. I like that guy. I'm going to look yeah. him up now. Cool right, yeah, so if you have finishing questions, start asking him. I'm going to do that.
2: All right, Shannon. Uh, let's see, Scott Meek, you guys remember Scott Meek, he was on the show a couple Mm. weeks ago, making hand planes, he's gonna now start teaching, well he's already teaching plane making um, face to face, but he's decided to give the online thing a try, so he's gonna be doing plane making classes via a a Google Plus hangout. Um, He's giving away the milk for free. uh, Yeah, exactly (laughs) but it's kind of cool, I want to say he's charging $75 for that, I don't Remember offhand, but uh, we've got a yep. link that you can head over to his site and check it out. Looks like kind of I I just think it's a cool idea to use uh, Google Plus that way. So sure, um, and why not? You know, he's doing this full time, so anything we can do to support him, excellent. And then uh, Andrew Detloff over at Ravenheart Renditions podcast, he's doing a holiday giveaway. Nice. Uh, n- what is this? December ninth at eight o'clock Central Time. He's got a bunch of swag and he's going to be giving it away, I think, live um, on his broadcast. I think he does that through Google Plus too. Good. Hmm, cool. I'm gonna I have to. I'm gonna have it. to head over
0: there and see if I can win a whole bunch of it because my swag's starting to get a little low. So if I win his swag, I can put my swag out there. Say, <laughs> so isn't he like down the street from you? Uh, right across the lake, actually. If I jumped on the ferry, um, I could be there in several hours. Right across the Great Lake. So, <laughs> it's,
2: it's not quite, not quite the same thing I was thinking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there's definitely. If I had to drive, it would probably take longer, and I sure wouldn't feel like I'm going through the woods and over the river.
1: Hmm. Okay. Just waiting for yeah. you to finish.
0: did i mention the five minute 41 second mark (laughs) let me
1: go back and watch that i gotta mute it though uh all right so that's about it for links let's move on to our poll of the week and and this week actually shannon has a poll of the week that he'd like to share with us i do poll of the week just today actually uh
2: david Filanowitz. he uh took a lot of maple off my hands today at work and i greatly appreciated that because i haven't been moving much maple lately and he showed up and bought a Boatload of maple. Nice. So David Filanowitz is my poll of the week.
0: Nicely done. Oh, I didn't dude. know your 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 lumberyard was located on a, on a like a water body. Uh, well, actually, yeah, we are, but it's oh. a different. That's a different thing altogether. <laughs> okay. <This> thing <laughs> called cause... the Chesapeake Bay. It's it's over there. Now, did he show up on a barge? You said it was a boatload of of wood.
1: Wah, wah. <laughs> so Ooh, funny, Matt. So... So hey, funny. Why are you guys muting? <laughs> Oops, we lost Matt. He's, uh, he's got some connection troubles there. Uh, we'll, we'll try to get him back later. Uh, okay, so the real poll of the week this week by uh, our buddy Tom Ivino over at tomsworkbench.com. He asked the question, what do you wear in the shop on your tootsies? Uh, workshop footwear. So the typical range of answers uh, that you would expect there, but 40% of people so far at the time that uh, I took these results said sneakers, which uh, that's what I wear actually. Uh, 20% said boots or other sturdy shoes. 16% said whatever I'm wearing at the time. Uh, 12% said steel toe slip resistant footwear. Those guys are official. Wow. (laughs) Uh, 5% actually said flip flops, which is great. Those are the guys who would work in the Caribbean. Uh, 4% said bunny slippers, which is cute. 2% haven't given it much thought. And 1% said barefoot. Not sure if I believe them though.
0: Mm, It sounds like an
1: exaggeration. Yikes! (laughs)
0: Yikes! <laughs> I didn't even want to think about those slivers down there. That just mm.
1: <laughs> can you imagine barefoot?
0: That oh, would be crazy. I, my family will walk in barefoot, and I'll just start yelling at them. But they're just used to that, anyways. Um, the, the, you know, mine. I actually I go back and forth between slippers and uh, <laughs> sneakers. You really yeah. wear slippers? Yeah. Well, once in a while, I have those moments where I suddenly go, "Oh my god, the clamps!" and I'll like jump out of bed <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. down there, and you know, oh. I'll, I'll, I'll do stuff like that. Or it's just like I. I I don't mean to actually go down there long-term. Do you ever do this? Like, Well, I don't know if you'll do this that much more, Mark, but like, you ever have that thing where like, when it's connected to the house, you'll just go in the shop to get something, and then like an hour later, you're like, oh, I only came down here for this one thing. <laughs> an, an hour later, I'm hand sawing
2: in socks. Yeah, it there. Yeah. What am I doing
1: in my <laughs> shop, in my underwear? This is so weird. <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, and then, then the wife comes down. socks and goes, oh, are yeah. bad. The shavings stick to those things like mad.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Let I'm me tell good. you, and shavings stick to a, a mullet wig Pretty bad too. <laughs> and I can tell you that from experience. <laughs> All right, moving on to some voicemails here. I've got one from Demented Woodworker and that's his Twitter handle, I guess. I, I don't know what he says his name is because he got a little bit of an accent so I didn't understand it. Maybe you guys can tell me afterwards but he's just kind of saying hi, sort of. Uh, let me play it.
2: Hi guys, my name's Ernesto Segovia. I'm also Demented Woodworker on Twitter and I like to share, share. I like your programs a lot, especially the Whisperer, the... Matt a Workshop and the Renaissance worker and also just to show on the side for those who think it's a challenge, I got my shop going right now on my living room and working forward as to making kind of like a, um, no, Mark, you know Spanish, a uh, pachata for all the tools so that when you come into my house, you think it's just furniture. Anyhow, guys, have a great day. I enjoy your programs and keep this going. Love it a lot. Bye. By the way, my wife hates you all. Thanks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How great is that? Right. <laughs> and, and um, you know, for the record, I know that sounds like, like a show bumper. From now on you want me to, want me to uh, just grab that real quick my wife hates you guys um you know just for the record i know nothing of spanish i was I, gonna say when did you learn spanish i, I took spanish in college and i barely and left it in college barely got through it my friends i know very that little spanish is italian uh yeah so so but thank you for thinking that i'm bilingual that's great uh, yeah, great, awesome. great voicemail. Yeah, maybe we should I'll chop that up and take that as a little uh, a little thing to use on the show. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So uh, and and you know what the other cool thing is? He's got a he, he the whole gist of that is, you know, you're talking about starting over from uh, scratch or or starting at the very beginning. Here's a guy who's got his shop basically in his living room. I mean, I've talked to people who use a spare bedroom in an apartment uh, to do their woodworking and put the fold-away workbench under their bed. You know, so there are people who are just determined to get into this craft and they do what they got to do. It's pretty cool. Absolutely. Sounds like a John yeah. Madden commentary. <laughs> Here's a guy who woodworks in his living room. <laughs> <laughs> yep, just like it. All right, Stuart emailed or voicemailed us. He Skyped us, Matt. And oh, he-, he Skyped us. Yes. Okay, I'm going to write that down Showing for the next you proper, time. proper usage. He Skyped us and left right. a message. Right. Skyped.
0: <laughs> yeah, hello. Uh,
2: this is uh, Stuart um, calling from Georgia. Um, love your show, guys. And, um, I basically, um, I built a workbench that's uh, about 20, 24 inches wide by 60 inches long. And I want to put a, uh, a bench vise in there. I got Rockler and, uh, Pishy woodworking by me, but I was looking at the Veritas. Have any recommendations for me? Um, keep up the good work.
1: Love the show. And thanks. Bye. Almost sounds like he's calling from Georgia by way of Boston, maybe. That's <laughs> what I was Sound, wondering. A Boston-y man. accent. Um, all right, so he's asking about the Veritas vice. Now, do we know specifically which one he's talking about? They don't have many, but they do have more than one.
0: Right, because that's what I was wondering, if it was the maybe the quick-release front vice, or there's the, uh, the quick-release sliding.
1: There's a twin, twin screw. screw.
0: Oh, there's the twin screw. They got tail so,
1: vice now too, don't they?
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, the but,
1: bottom line is uh they make good stuff. So if you find a vice that fits your particular like work habits, I don't think you can go wrong with the Veritas stuff because it is high quality. You know, so you got that going for you. But I, I mean what do you guys think? It's kind of a, a very general question.
2: Well, um I it, it's so tough because I, I mean what what is what kind of work is he going to do? Yeah, You know, um, I, I did a, a lesson on this in the hand tool school. Actually, it was more of a rant than a lesson. But it's just, you, you know, you need to kind of think about your next couple of projects. What will you use a vice for? Um, I even say this when you're going to build a workbench because this, you know, workbench is how should I build it? What style should I build? Should it be a split top, single top? Have a leg vice legs flush, all that. I mean, you can go on and on and on and on forever. And you really need to kind of sit down and think about what am I going to do on this? A leg vice, frankly, is my favorite vice. But I I saw all my tenons by hand. You know, I do a lot of edge planing. Um, It's just, it's fantastic for just about anything I need to throw at it. If you're going to do a lot of surface work, you need probably something that's going to hold things on the surface. You know, so a face vice is not going to do much for you. Um, You're going to need some sort of tail vice or end vice. So what he needs to really figure out is what kind of work holding am I looking to do? And in that case, you know, that that entirely changes my answer, depending on what he's going to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That made sense. Well, and I'm thinking if he, you know, a decent strategy might be if you build a basic bench. A lot of times these things can be retrofitted regardless yeah. as long as you build a good general and these days we have never had as much information on making a decent workbench that can be adapted to any type of work style than we oh, yeah. have right now. Um, Absolutely. So if you can build a basic bench and then think about what you're going to build, maybe put one vice on it and then see how the work goes and then let the work kind of dictate what the next thing is going to be. Don't just uh, pick randomly and hope you get it right cuz so you may wind up with a vice you're never going to use and you pay a lot of money for. It, so
2: Right. Yep. I guess I guess if I were really going to say, you know, pick one, a twin screw vice is a nice thing to have just because it holds so much because mm-hmm. of the wider chop. You can hold thing, longer boards on edge. You can put more stuff in it vertically. Uh, you could use it in conjunction with dogs to kind of clamp something on the surface, I suppose. I used to um, do that all
1: the time. I mean, if you put it Yeah, it, if you it seems put it like in, that
2: probably would be the most versatile.
1: Yeah, if you put if it I, in the uh, end position and put some dogs down the line, you can actually – that could be theoretically your only vice depending on what right, type of work you yeah, you're
0: doing. yeah. Cool. Absolutely.
1: All right. Well, thanks for the voicemail, and let's move on to uh, the emails here, Matt. You want to take that first one?
0: Sure. Uh, this first one comes from Aaron, and Aaron is asking. I recently acquired a couple of Stanley Number no. eighty scraper planes, and I was wondering what suggestions you guys could give me regarding use and setup. I did not. I, I did not know when sharp. I did not know when sharpening if I need to have a secondary bevel angle on it. Or if I only need the primary angle. Also, any tips and tricks you may have regarding its use and what tasks you like to use it for specifically. Uh, Aaron, the one thing I, it's kind of funny. It, you know how, like, sometimes it seems like woodworkers are all on like the, the same brain waves at the, at the moment and everybody's, like, kind of doing the same thing, but you don't realize it. Or We're you go all, to the magazine uh, rack and it's like, we're that's all exactly what I was up. looking for. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the other day I was breaking out. Uh, I have the the Veritas version of the uh, Stanley number eighty scraper plane, and, um, and I was using it for actually flattening out some panels. So, for anybody that's not familiar with this particular type of tool, basically it's nothing more than a card scraper in a holder. It's a the the card is a little bit thicker than you would think of a regular card scraper, but essentially that's exactly the same exact thing that it does. It it's more or less an easier way to hold on to it. Your your thumb shirt sure don't get burnt with this. <laughs> yeah. And you can probably even set it for a more aggressive cut than you would a regular card scraper. But really, when it comes down to it, whatever you would typically do with your card scraper, you can do with this. Um, it just you won't get quite as exhausted. At least that's the way it's always been presented to me to use. I remember we, we when we were at a uh, uh, woodworking in America two thousand. See which one was it there, Mark? You were two thousand ten, I think it was. Something like that. that. Yeah. Uh, Chris uh, Schwartz gave a lesson on uh, on card scrapers or on on scraper planes, and that's also when suddenly you could no longer buy them on eBay for ten dollars. Uh, the Schwartz effect kicked them to like a thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, those those things are. I actually before the Schwartz effect, I picked up two of them uh, just because I actually they were cheap. I would think I paid like twenty or thirty bucks for them. And they're, you know, just tune them up and they're always there on the wall nice and sharp. The thing I like about them though when you compare them to a card scraper, you've got that the body, the actual metal body that's acting somewhat like a plane so you Mm -hmm. could sort of, uh, you know, it's great for flattening panels because it doesn't follow quite as many of the small dips and valleys so you can really level the surface too and get pretty darn aggressive with it. Yeah, yeah,
2: you won't get it you won't get chatter really at all with a number eighty. Whereas you can get chatter with a card scraper. Mm-hmm. Yes, it kind of shakes and makes that little squeaky noise as it runs across the surface. Um, yeah, uh, you know regarding the secondary bevel, I've never used it. I mean, technically, the reason the reasonings behind secondary bevel a is to speed up your sharpening so that you only have to sharpen or hone that little tiny. Micro bevel. Second reason being it can add durability to an edge. It steepens the angle and adds a little bit more meat at the tip. As far as the second Hey-o. reason,
1: you really don't need Sorry. it for the scraper. <laughs> Matt you know. knows what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> uh, five minutes, 41 seconds. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, well, really, since, since it is a, a scraper at, at the heart of it, you. you you burnish it very much like you would a regular card scraper, wouldn't you? I mean that's right. that's my understanding of how to do it's, it. So
1: it's actually easier than a regular card scraper because you know how after you sort of sharpen it to a nice ninety degree corner on a standard square card scraper you kind of have to lay it flat and then work the material out yeah and, sort of, out a little. Yeah, and you have to kind of do like a three-step burnishing process to 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 create the burr well you've got that 45 degree angle there so usually with like one or two strokes just a, a little bit sort of more than the 45 degree angle you can kind of roll that edge right over and and the 45 degree angle actually i find just makes it almost foolproof in, in yeah. creating the uh the little cutting hook.
0: Nice. Yep. In that case, I am definitely going to start using mine way more than I have been because I well, need everything I, to be foolproof.
2: <laughs> I find that it's a little bit more versatile than a card scraper. And Matt, you said this earlier. You can do it to take you know thin little wispy finish ready shavings, or you can crank it down and like level a glue line. You know, pull all the glue off and and really get aggressive with it. And I think that's what's cool about it is. In setting it up, I basically just slip the blade in. You know, I put the the plane body, the scraper body on a flat surface, and I push the blade in until it basically grounds out. It's flush with the surface, and it's ready to go. Um, all you do is adjust the thumb screw to kind of add the camber to it, and the more you adjust it, the more camber is exposed and the more aggressive the cut. So it's really kind of a kind of idiot proof thing to set up <laughs> really easy to set up and it doesn't take much at all to adjust that setting well now Great I tool.
1: actually I use it a little bit more aggressively which goes in perfect with what you're saying here because I actually take a piece of paper and then I put that after I mm-hmm. lay it flat I put that on the front end in front of the blade and then I bottom out my blade yeah, so that my will do it. I will set it aggressive. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's protruding just a little bit more. And it's just a standard piece of paper. So it's not that much. And then I do the fine tuning of the the little thumb screw to kind of give the camber. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super easy to set up. It's one of the best tools out there for woodworkers, regardless of whether you're like primary power tools or hand tools. It's just a super handy tool.
0: Yes,
2: it, do it is. Do you
1: clip the edges of the blade mark?
2: I do. Okay. Yeah, I I just file them. so it's not because you you be careful if you advance it too far, you're going to get tear out on the edges as the corners
1: dig in. I don't get no tear out.
0: (laughs) No tear out. Mark's out just plowing fields with that thing, basically.
1: (laughs) I do. (laughs) I shave in the morning with it too, which is great. Uh, All right, our next email is from Tom Collins, who makes a a darn good drink. Uh, He says, "Hi guys, thanks for the show. My question is about wood for an entry door. I'm thinking about using kiln dried Douglas fir. The door will be painted." What are your thoughts about using solid stock versus laminating two pieces together to get the required thickness for the stiles and rails? Advocates of the lamination technique say that it makes the door more stable by allowing the grain to be aligned to counter movement. Some even say to rip one full thickness piece of wood in half, flip it, and then glue it to enhance the stabilizing effect. Do you have any other suggestions for an economical but appropriate wood choice for someone living in Southern California? Thanks. Uh, I'm going to just answer that last question first, Alder. Might be a good one, especially uh, down here. Uh, I know alder is plentiful. You can buy a very thick stock and it's incredibly inexpensive. And in fact, most solid wood doors that I see in Arizona, at least, are made of solid alder. So it's a very, you can get it sort of in a, almost like a knotty pine look. It's knotty alder, but it's very, very rustic. And then you can get clean alder uh, that just has, I don't know, it's kind of like a muted cherry look to it uh, but can Thanks. be stained to whatever the heck you want it it's a very versatile wood uh to to address his question about lamination uh here are my thoughts on it Typically when people talk about things like a tabletop and alternating boards or going through this type of uh, thing for a standard piece of furniture, I usually say don't worry about it. In most cases, if the wood is stable, especially if it's a kiln dry that's behaving in a stable way, it's probably going to stay fairly stable. You don't have to worry about that stuff very much. But the one place I might start thinking that there could be some benefit is in a situation where you have extreme changes in temperature uh, and humidity and direct sun interaction. So in this case, I do think there might be some value to doing some sort of a, a laminated structure for a door. Um, I don't know, I mean, again, I don't know how much of an impact that's going to have. I don't have enough experience to, to say from personal experience, but my guess would be if, that it wouldn't be worth uh, the extra effort in that case. What, what do you guys think on that? Go <laughs>
0: ahead, Okay. <laughs> well, Shannon's um, over there. What are you, you doing? Know, when, to, to me, I, I, I've always kind of been of the mindset that, you know, I, I like the idea of, of laminated pieces for Anything where I think there needs to be extra structural support. But I know um, lately I've been kind of changing my mind to if I can get a solid piece, um, the chances are if, if I've done everything I'm supposed to. Uh, it it's going to work out perfectly fine so
1: yeah i mean i know, hate to tell them to do it because in you know it is a lot of extra work
0: i was going to say that's a ton of extra work if you really I mean, think about it but at the same Especially time if you're only going to get minor benefits out of it
1: well and here's the thing at the same time if you don't do it and then you go through all this trouble and then you put the door up on the house and then the thing warps on you you're going to be pretty upset about it so um, and, and
0: what if you, the 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 actual gluing the the lamination process itself something you know you've you've missed something in there somehow you know you, you didn't spread the glue the right way or <laughs> you spread it too thick or too thin yeah and then suddenly you've got this whole lamination coming apart that's another one that just I, I just had a nightmare about that thinking about it mm, good point
2: well I'll I'll put it this way um, I deal and supply lumber to some of the largest window and door manufacturers in the country
0: mm-hmm.
2: on the order of several truckloads. Um, you know, every couple of months we're sending okay. them a truckload of material. Um, they use solid stock and they use quarter sawn stock. Okay, so that's what it comes down to: use as stable a material as you can. Um, and I mean, these are these are high end companies because they're they're using you know sapeli and uteli and um, African higher dollar. I don't want to say necessarily higher dollar, but more expensive woods. Um, although, Doug fir quarter sawn vertical grain Doug fir is used a fair amount too, mostly for weight less than, than cost because good quality clear vertical grain dug fur is not exactly cheap either, mm-hmm. um, especially in the eight-quarter, ten-quarter thicknesses that you need. But they don't laminate, and, and these are really, really good quality doors. The only thing they're worried about is the panels. And in many of those instances, it's a plywood panel that has a veneer skin mm-hmm. on it okay. um, or it's a raised panel that's still skinned with veneer. So um, the way I put it is if, you know, somebody like Geldwin doesn't bother to laminate, then (laughs) then they make a lot of doors. But
1: the other thing Um, too is he is painting the door and there really is no better finish for a piece of wood outside than paint. It's really going to do a a good job of protecting the wood from uh, the elements. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we're really even prepared to give him a full definitive answer, but I think with the paint and based on, you know, what you're saying, Shannon, probably... Not necessary, but then again, as woodworkers, when do we ever stop at at the point of things being necessary? <laughs> exactly, very point. true. Well, you
0: know, <laughs> one one thing that you mentioned that really made me think about this. This is this is one of those projects where really taking your time and paying close attention to something like uh the cut of the wood, like you mentioned, you know, going with like more like a quarter sawn, or in this case, like maybe a, a riff sawn might be a, a better one for for that kind of project. Anything that's gonna I, I obviously wood's going to move so it's not going to minimize it but really paying close attention to maybe the, the grain direction the cut yeah. of the wood and if, if you're ever in your lifetime going to pick out the best you know pieces for a project this might be one of those sure <laughs> yeah. really doors are pretty exact
2: you kind of don't want to mess around with that cuz yeah. then you're stuck in your house
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want we'll you don't stuck want the, out of your house. You don't want the grain of the wood being the one like that is so pretty. But it's, you're saying, something it's like it's warped all over the place, and you're kicking out a window trying to get out. Yeah, <laughs> not
1: not the place to compromise, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, Shannon, you want to hit the next one?
2: Certainly. I'd yeah. love I love that you guys have me reading this question. That's uh, very intentional. <laughs> <laughs> I am starting. Let's see. This is from Keith. He says, "I'm starting to see the limitations under my little saw." I would like to move up to something – I think he's referring to a table saw here. My little, little table saw. saw. Yeah. I would like to move up to something to do better weekend work with. Uh, ending with a preposition. I don't oh. know about that. Should I go with a more powerful fixed stand contractor saw and build it up slash modify it for more dust collection and such? Should I go with a hybrid saw? Or is there an entry-level cabinet saw that won't break, that won't break the bank? I was considering the Grizzly hybrid saw until I found out that the insert plate was with an eighth of an inch stamped steel like my Craftsman, Boo. <laughs> negating <laughs> the ability to make zero clearance <laughs> inserts. I have also been scanning Craigslist for used saws. Any ideas? I was willing to plunk down the seven hundred twenty-five on sale plus hundred for shipping for Grizzly, so I'm about a thousand dollar budget on the high end.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Hugs
2: and kisses, Keith.
1: Mm-hmm well this is this is really going to start a conversation for us that we wanted to to touch on and it's and it's one that we have to be a little bit careful about how we discuss this kind of thing because we don't want to discourage people from emailing us questions um, right. but this this really gets at the heart of anyone who puts a website out there, starts talking about woodworking, and starts soliciting and requesting contact, you will eventually start to get questions about what tool should I buy? And that is not the easiest question to answer for people because it's such a personal decision on budget and future use and personal preference. So so this is something that uh, Shannon in particular initially brought up in our pre-show conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just blame it on me, so, Mark. That's fine. This is where yeah, I throw Shannon and under I the bus. Like, we don't really, you know, we want to be nice about this. Man. I was like, I don't know if I want
1: to do this. He's like, you will do it, Mark. You will do it. <laughs> we're getting this out of the way. Uh, but I, you know, we'll all we'll all pitch in on this one. But Shannon, if you want to get started, Um, on your little, I won't
0: call it a rant,
1: but let's discuss. (laughs) You want to know what grinds my gears?
0: An open discussion (laughs) love letter to our listeners. Yeah,
1: yeah. And just uh, give us your feelings on this, my friend. Well, from my perspective, I think that,
2: uh, speaking for myself, take anything I say with a grain of salt because I don't, uh, you know, I've only tried what I've had. You know, Mm -hmm. I've only owned two table saws in my entire life. Both of them are contractor saws. Um, I, I've never owned a cabinet saw, so um, I can't. I can't tell you what's going to necessarily be the best brand or the other. Or I'm not, you know, shopping for a table saw in this particular instance. But you know, I'm getting specific here. But I think what it comes down to is, what are you going to build next? What are your problems? You know, he talks about. I'm seeing the limitations on my little saw. Well, what are those limitations? What do you wish you could do more with your saw? Um, but when it comes to especially making recommendations on specific brands, um, I just can't do it. I'm, I'm not qualified to do that. You know, unlike popular woodworking or fine woodworking where they do a shootout, you know, when they yeah. try 20 different brands and they stack them side by side by side, um, I have never done that. We'll never do that. We'll never even have the opportunity to do that. So it makes it really, really hard so I think on the whole, you know, I think the three of us can agree that we're constantly trying to – you don't want to like say, nope, can't help you. So you, you you turn around and before you know it, you've written 500 words on the subject trying to make sure they consider all these options. And I think you end up making it worse yeah, for the person yeah. asking the question in the long run because you're making a lot of assumptions about what they want to do and what they want to, to – to do with it. Right. And I brought this up before we started the show. I can really relate. As I said on the last show, I need a new camera and I'm still looking for a camera. And you know, I'm in that situation where I don't know much about the subject. So I'm, I'm, I'm searching through the you know, endless amounts of advice and everybody has a different piece of advice. And it's really, really frustrating. But at the same time, I'm not expecting anybody to be able to recommend something for me because they don't know what I want to do. And eventually I've got to make the decision for myself based upon what my actual personal needs are.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and interestingly enough, too, after you're done researching these cameras, if someone were to ask you, I'm looking for, you know, a prosumer level camera and I want to make some podcasts, you actually might have an answer for them at that point because you just did all of that research. Right, so, but
2: three months from now? No, Exactly. because yeah. they'll all be obsolete. <laughs> and that's what
1: most of these questions wind up doing. They say something like, can you recommend a really good, in fact, I just got a couple questions like this recently. Can you recommend a good Uh, Random Orbit Sander. Well, I don't know when the last time was that I even thought about buying a a new Random Orbit Sander. So I don't know what the latest models are offering. I don't know if there's any upgrades or anything's changed. What was good five years ago? I don't know if that's still good today. So so it really makes it difficult. And the best I can do is tell them what I currently use and why and then also quickly go to some of the magazine's websites and see if they've done a shootout uh, that they can reference at some point and, and make a decision for themselves. But... One thing that's really tricky with something like Keith's question is when you're buying a table saw, uh, like if I could tell you which saw to get, it was going to cost more than a thousand dollars. Like you can see, the thing is, it's we're talking about hobbyists here, and any kind of hobby, it's almost never about getting exactly what you need. It's usually about getting what you can afford and what you really want. You know, so if, if he can get that better saw, it it could very well be overkill for what he wants to build. But as a hobbyist, will he be happier with that saw? He might be. It just depends on what he's in it for.
2: Right. Yeah, and and you know, the table saw is a tough one too because, you know, it's one of those tools that's meant to do so much. Yeah. And, and you really can't skimp on it. You know, it, it, most people will say it's the workhorse of your shop. So do you get by, or do you kind of figure out where to come up with another $200? Yeah. And
1: and
2: this is where that, you know, that whole tired last tool first advice. I think that when it comes to a table saw, that advice really applies. If you were talking about a scroll saw, I'd say, you know what? Don't worry about it. (laughs) You know, you're only going to end up dropping 300 bucks or so on it anyway. So, I mean, that's for a really good one. But table saw is such a, a workhorse. Yeah. It's really, I don't know. I mean, I would be really hesitant to look for a budget model in that particular instance.
1: After you use a cabinet saw, going back to a contractor saw, the contractor saw feels flimsy. But if you are currently using one of those benchtop saws and then you bump up to a contractor saw, you might think that the contractor saw is really nice and really sturdy. But eventually you may get, or I should say like, most of us, you will get to a point where you think that that now is a flimsy sort of inadequate saw, and you'll want to jump up to that cabinet saw. But it's hard for it's hard for us to say, you know what? Just go to that cabinet saw, max out your budget, buy this saw. You're gonna love it. It's yep, yeah. it's, it's such a difficult thing for us to to recommend us in a solid way that. I don't know. It's and, there, and there's yeah. there's
2: such little like kind of stupid bells and whistles that can be really important to one person but not to another. Yeah, totally. yeah. I mean, when I'm looking a, for,
0: sorry, Matt, what's that? No, I was just gonna say that that's that's a really great point because like I know we had talked about this and a common thing that I, I do and I think you guys said that you do it too is you know I I won't recommend a specific thing but I'll recommend favorite features that I have on it. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because like looking through any of the the new catalogs or any of the new stuff, because every time one of these questions comes up, I'm like, wow, am I completely missing something? Have have they gone to full on lasers now? Is it even a blade that spins? And, (laughs) you know, so I'll I'll try to recommend features. But some of the features I've noticed that I've recommended are like, well, yeah, we can get that for you. But I think we'll have to special order it because I don't even know if they use that anymore, you know, and and going from there. So it's so hard to stay current with a lot of these things that are, you know, that are coming out. And I have tried to have manufacturers send me tools, like large tools, to to try out in the shop. Uh, But then they they find out I don't actually have a loading dock, and that it's a residential uh, (laughs) address. For some reason, they just don't want to follow through. That's crazy.
1: (laughs) Well, like, and again, speaking in the table saw market, this is here's a question that's usually probably one of the most difficult ones to answer. Is I want to get either a uh, PM two thousand a delta unisaw or a saw stop or maybe a, a comparable grizzly or something like that. And it's like, well, here's the problem. Every one of those saws is going to be good. Like if you, yeah. if you painted it some generic color and I couldn't tell what brand it was and I used it for a week, I probably could not tell you the difference between those saws. Like once you get to that level and it does totally come down to those, those bells and whistles. It, well, and the one thing with the saw stop is if you like the saw stop feature, game over, that's the saw you need to buy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's the only one out there. Yeah, that's, that's the easy question to answer. But you know,
2: here's the positive spin on that. That's awesome, you know, I mean, you really can't go wrong. And there is something to be said about you get what you pay for. Yeah. Yeah, so yes. if budget is your most important thing, then establish what that budget is and feel pretty confident that if you're going to spend, in this case, $725 or, or what he said, $1,000, mm-hmm. you're going to get a good saw. And, I mean, I run into this daily with hand tools. You know, should I go with Wood River or Lee Nielsen? Honestly, they're both really good planes. I've had great experience with both of them. Lee Nielsen's a heck of a lot more expensive. There are reasons for that. Um, and there's a lot, of, and that comes down to kind of the bells and whistles and do you support a North American company and all that. But um, they're both awesome. <laughs> for that matter, going out and buying a vintage Stanley and restoring it, it's an awesome plane. It's going to require more work. It, it, you're kind of getting what you pay
0: for. And that's that's great that we have so many options that are of a high level. Yep. Yeah, definitely. You know, one thing I can recommend to people is uh, if you go to a forum, a website like uh, toolselect.com, now just as a quick disclaimer, I, I have done plenty of reviews for them on their website and everything, but their community that they have, they really are trying to get as many people to say, okay, I have this tool. And if I remember right, uh, they actually have a list in there. So if you are looking for a specific model, a specific tool, chances are somebody within that community has it and has at least gone so far as to make a recommendation about what they like about it, uh, features that they don't like about it, all that good stuff. So maybe that might be a resource that people want to turn to because, again, you've got people who are probably in a very similar situation to yourself and then that way they can really give you the dirty where, for me, it's just like one of those, well, I don't know, that sounds good. I, I Sure, <laughs> I, if you can get the manufacturer to send it to me, I'll let you know what I think about it. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. So that's a little bit of a long-winded answer to Keith's question, but it was meant to be more of a talk point for us to kind of discuss uh, for anyone who sends a question in in the future it really does help if you give us that bit of background um, and Keith did a good job of that in telling us what what he plans to do and he did mention you know weekend DIY type things um but but still just understand that even with with knowing what you want to do knowing your budget that doesn't necessarily give us because uh, we're not you is really what it comes down to <laughs> yeah. um, in fact you know the last consolation I'll add to that yeah. is every single kind of
2: really good woodworker i've met you know we're talking master level woodworker without exception every single one of them when you ask them about the tool they're like i don't care whatever works
1: yeah what gets the job done (laughs) you know i mean
2: obviously the caliber of the tool is not what they're relying upon to produce incredible work yeah so there is something now we all love tools and we want to buy cool tools so i mean never mind
1: (laughs) hey it's, it's it's like i always say buddy rich you know, you know Buddy Rich, old drummer, but like classic yeah. old drummer. Okay, put Buddy Rich on a set of pots and pans, and the guy would sound amazing. Yep. You know what I mean? He doesn't need a drum set to to sound. Uh, uh, let's go with a little more of a, a modern um, uh, <laughs> Neil a Neil Peart uh, kind of guy. Uh, I I always let uh, Daryl Peart's name mess me up for for <laughs> for the drummer of Rush. I don't know why. All right. Um, You know, the one thing I wanted to say too is I I did write an article that's along along these lines. I was kind of at a mode where I was a little frustrated with with the questions that I was getting and I wanted to have a a place that I could refer people to to explain why it's difficult for me to answer that adequately and it's an article called Common Questions Only You Can Answer and that is on my website. I'll put a link to that but the three questions that I put in here, what finish should I use, what project should I make and what tool should I buy? Uh, yeah. and, and I do actually give you a little bit of advice. That's probably a overlap with what we've talked about here, uh, but I'll put a link in the show notes for anybody who wants what to do finish more
2: Should I use one that dries <laughs> uh, one? You- what project should I build one that you want and what tool should I buy? Was that the last one? Yeah.
0: Uh, one that works.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: well, you know, don't anything that was easy. Let, Let's just follow this up with it again. This this is just like one of those we love to help everybody out, and this is by no means saying don't send us these questions. Yeah, not at all. It's just you know yeah, just just give us a little bit more information because we want to be able to be able to give you as specific an answer as possible. And remember, when it comes to tools, it's so hard, as we've said over and over during this little portion, it's so hard to stay current with things that we don't have in our own shop. <laughs> so
1: yeah that's yeah. that 's really the thing, and even if i don 't know that 's why I, I really shy away from tool reviews on the website, I might give my impressions, but i don 't have access to all the other tools, so i can 't do a, a comparative analysis between this one and the others. I could tell you if this one works, but i can 't <laughs> tell you if the other ones work better um, it 's just a limitation, but you know you can you certainly can 't blame people for for wanting to find out other people 's opinions, and really actually that 's something I wanted to touch on. Uh, I would say maybe 10 years ago the best you might be able to do was go to a forum and maybe ask a question Um, but today we have access to so many other woodworkers and and woodworkers from all walks that it's like I could totally see why someone in the market for a new tool would be overloaded with information and and that sort of paralysis by analysis just go read some Amazon reviews and and you'll be more confused than (laughs) when you got there. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm pausing here for a second because there's a really loud plane. Oh, really? I didn't Stupid notice. Claim. I thought that
0: was my family running around upstairs.
1: <laughs> it's the crowd cheering for you, man. Uh, all right, so let's move on to some iTunes reviews. We've got a couple good ones here. The first one is from our buddy Tom Buell. Mentioned him earlier. He's like Yay, the uh, he's like the VIP guy of the show today. Uh, he says, Wood we'll Talk Online is a great way to spend an hour each week these days. The three amigos offer a good uh, blend of experiences and personalities. Just listened to 111 and was very happy to get a push towards giving liquid hide glue a try. I was close a few months ago, ordered some, Franklin, and then lost the urge slash reasoning. Now I'm ready to give it a go on a few small gift items. You never know what topics they'll hit, but they're an inspiration, they are inspirational, great company and friends. Rock on, guys.
0: Thanks, Tom. Sweet. Thanks, Tom.
1: Wow, I'm proud of myself. Party on,
2: Tom.
0: (laughs) Party on, Tom.
2: Let's see. We have a review from DDDDTTTDSSS. Mm-hmm. Dits. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, I feel like I'm there. Word. I love wood talk. It gives me a chance to feel like I'm sitting down. What? Sitting down in the interwebs with the interwebs. Greatest woodworkers. Wow. There's no spell check in iTunes. Apparently. No, there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Matt keeps us up to date with the latest polls sausage anyone except for Shannon yeah. did it today <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true Shannon will show you how to make a bandsaw out of flint and a tree trunk. <laughs> yes, I've seen, I've seen that episode. I, I really should have read this before. And be careful. You just might get some spit up on your workbench when Nicole gets home with Mark's baby. Mark with Mark. a K. So that's somebody else. Nicole has a baby that with is. some other Mark apparently. She's just a
1: baby mama. What are you going to do?
2: Uh, truly a great resource for those of
0: us who can never get enough woodworking information. Oh, that's awesome. True that. All right. And the last one we have is from RDR underscore 82 who says, excellent show. That's my emphasis on it. Uh, (laughs) I fell in love with woodworking this year and it was Mark's router based inlay video that really kicked off my now deep passion for the craft. This show is my favorite thing to listen to on my commute to work. Thank you for the all that you do and keep up the great work, guys. That's awesome. No, Sweet. thank you. Yeah, yes. thanks. Really? Thank you.
1: So anyone, if you, uh, if you know how to use iTunes, go look us up. We're under Wood Talk. Head down to the review section and leave us a nice little review there. We'll read it on the show. We always appreciate that. Thank you very Absolutely.
0: much. Absolutely. Especially um, when they say stuff like, excellent show.
1: Excellent show, mate. All right, Just right. Uh, I'm going to go
2: buy some flint in a tree trunk right now and see what I can make out of it. Can I use duct tape?
1: Yeah, definitely film it because uh, I want to see it. <laughs> All right, just a uh, quick reminder. Today's show is supported by Tool Toolworks. That's at BadaxToolworks.com and Benchcrafted at Benchcrafted.com. Lots of good stuff at both sites. Go check them out. Matt- Oh, that's
2: right. They're a sponsor this month. You should buy the Benchcraft advice, Stuart. Buy the Benchcraft
1: advice.
0: Yes. Benchcraft advice
1: is, is pretty bad acts. So, oh. I'm combining, combining, our, combining our, two, uh, our two advertisers there. Pretty cool. All right, Matt, you're up.
0: Okay. Well, if you have any comments, questions, or topic suggestions from something you've heard today or something you want to, don't forget, you can get a hold of us several different ways. You can leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is woodtalkonline. Call our voicemail line at 623-242-5180. Email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com. Leave us a comment on our Wood Talk Facebook page. And if you're looking for the show notes or downloads from today's show or previous episodes, Find them at woodtalkshow.com. And, of course, all this information will be in the show notes at said page, woodtalkshow.com, where you can find it all.
1: Sweet. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Oh, one thing I forgot. I wanted to mention before we go that we had to do some feed changes uh, to the Wood Talk feed. So a few people, like when you change the underlying feed, it sort of does something weird in iTunes. So if you're experiencing any weirdness, and unfortunately you may not hear this because it might have stopped downloading. Uh, so maybe I'm just talking to myself. If your here. email
2: is down, send us an email telling us it's down. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: but basically if you hear this, if you uh, if you can hear my voice and you are having problems, just unsubscribe from the feed, go back into the iTunes store and resubscribe and you'll be squared away. Um, we try so, we try to limit the the amount of times that things like that happen, but sometimes when things grow and change, we have to make modifications to the feeds, and unfortunately, it results in some issues for people. So, and and truly, that applies to any
2: problems you're having. If your dog won't, you know, eat, just resubscribe to to Wood Talk. Very You'll true. find that it'll solve all
0: your problems. It will yep. Mar- marital problems, absolutely, yep. absolutely. You'll fact, it'll. It'll end that marriage right right quick.
1: <laughs> yeah. Have, have trouble sleeping, put it on. You'll be asleep like uh in about five minutes, like a baby. That is, hey man, is that weird, especially talk? the older ones. And let me tell you <laughs> something. Sleep like a baby is the biggest BS I've ever heard. <laughs> because in my world, sleeping like a baby means you're crying all night and you're waking up at five thirty.
0: I was gonna say it's just a definition thing. They're using it completely <laughs> wrong. It's like how I use irregardless. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> about sleep
2: sleep like adobe. Sleep, yes. My dobe, like a labrador,
1: my or... dobe can sleep. That girl, see, there Ooh. you go. Her and Nicole between the two of them, <laughs> little koala bears. All right, so we will catch you next time. Next week, in fact, wait, when's Christmas? Are we coming oh, up? We on still holiday? got a couple weeks. December ago. 25th. Oh, yeah, it's only December 5th.
0: Yeah, it's okay. every, every December 25th every single year i've checked it make sure it's on the same date thanks i better put that on the
1: calendar awesome so
0: we have we have two more wood talks before christmas and then the the question is will there be a wood talk the day after christmas
1: (gasps) boxing day episode of wood talk oh Oh, just for those brits that could be interesting all right well we'll catch you next time in about a week thanks for listening See see ya